0: Mx network production
1: what's up guys it's Alex Gray and you're listening to the Pulp MX wrap up show that's all we need is more fake news pulp-MX bullshit it's quality not quantity alright man
2: Welcome to the Pulp Wrap-Up Show. This is Darkseid from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motorsport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at Pulpamex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. (laughs) No, did you blow it on cocaine and
3: hookers? I went through a pretty nasty
4: divorce. Yep. So a lot of my money Money. (laughs) went to that evil person. Dirt Rider Magazine still effing over x brand. The one and only Chris <laughs> Kiefer. What's up, Keith? And then I'll just feel stupid. So great. <laughs> the the Yamahas don't corner anyway. Will he be honest about the first gen backwards motorbikes? Yeah, Full he 50. will. They were garbage. Well, it's no shocker that a contest on the Pulp Mech show is, is screwed up. And I was eating in the press box. I was white tipping it. If I had supercross, even it's a regional series. I mean, do we really count that? <laughs> we, we currently do not have any
3: involvement in supercross and motocross racing. And and we plan to maintain that commitment.
4: He's very very high on his uh, Mortal Kombat skills. Uh, we all know Ricky Carmichael. He rode Reena Cross great. He's a great Reena Cross champion. Wouldn't want to name that buddy Anthony. Dorby uh, thinks it was awesome. Love us and Kenny Watson. No doubt. And some Pookie. You know, those assholes at Bell. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. I, like I like how he's prefacing this. You're quiet down. you bone my wife oh, in Honolulu. No. That sucks. No, I, I was a big bore when I raced, too. My mom wanted me to long-haul truck driver. He's almost like Star Wars where he's like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. I'm, I've been asking for a kangaroo from anybody. But what's your take?
3: I, I saw it, and, and I had Pookie rewind it a couple times. Well, thanks for adding to the show.
2: Let's go! We are back with another wrap up show this week. It is a classic Pulp MX wrap up show of show two thirty nine from January eighteenth, two thousand and sixteen. Hey, this week Steve decided to take a. He actually decided to take a couple weeks off, but that doesn't leave us without content. So uh, let's revisit an old show. In this episode, Chris Kiefer, Travis Preston, and Randy Richardson are all in studio, and it's actually Randy's first time in studio. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, we're going dis- to discuss all the hijinks as well as some other phone guests uh, that include Ryan Dungey, Jake Weimer, Jordan Smith, and of course, Jason Thomas. Uh there's some different segments in 2016, some different commercials to talk about, no video, the producer wars of 2016, Travis Marks and Talon Taylor were both going back and forth week after week to decide who was going to be the producer. That's all going on in 2016 and much more, but first up, my guests... First one, brought to you by Guts Racing from the Motor Limited show. I don't even know which one to pick, but let's go with Trent Marr first. What's up, Trent?
1: Dark side, ready to go. Classic wrap-up. You bring in the heavy hitters as always.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, and, and you guys are obviously, we've talked about it a bunch of times, in Australia and time zones, man. It's, it's midnight my time. It's probably like three days in the future your time, but we're going <laughs> to knock this thing out. Uh, Next up, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, also from the Moto Limited Show, the number one show in Australia, Moto Show in Australia. Nick Steele, what up, bro? Leaving the best till last, Darkside. What is up? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. I love it. Uh, all right. As always, I am your host, Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show, and I'm brought to you guys by Seal Savers. So let's get into this thing, man. Uh, Nick, as a whole... 2.39, what do you think? Dude, I love going back and watching these, ep-
5: or listening to these episodes, sorry, that, you know, it gives you more of the backstory of who each, o- who each of them are and then going back as well. And it's always, everyone I go back and listen to, it's always about some memorable race and there's something we learn. But they also did mention Joey Savacci being a title contender in this show. <laughs> so this probably is going to be one of my uh, all-time favorites.
2: Okay, okay. Trent, what about you, man? I mean, Kiefer and Travis Preston, always great. Randy is a classic yeah. guest, but this was his first time, man. And there was, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of curious if you thought he brought it like he normally does. Because, man, we know he's a jokester. We, he always has these one-liners. And I didn't think they were. Qu- he was on the level in 2016 that he is now. Like, his game has gotten better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you sent this one to
1: us and said, hey, we're going to do this. And didn't really give us too much context. And when I was listening to it, I'm like, geez, Randy's quiet. And then yeah. it wasn't until the end. Did I find out it was his first show? And it made a lot more sense. But he's definitely grown in the last five years and become a major character. Uh, and then Chris Kiefer, as always, I'm a big Chris Kiefer fan. And I've got some stuff to talk about uh, Travis Preston, too. I reckon TP was bringing some fire that night. So I'm ready to get into this yeah, one. Yeah,
2: he was good. Uh- the reason I was going back and scanning through these shows is someone had asked me when the first time I'd ever called in was, and Travis was kind of helping me narrow it down. We know knew it was early 2016, so I was scanning a bunch of shows trying to find my first call, which I did find. It was a different show, and I'm going to play that at the end of this episode. If you guys want to hear it, uh keep listening, and then also... Once we're done, I've got a pre-recorded interview with Talon and Travis talking about the the producer wars, which we will talk about. So once we're done wrapping this thing up, everybody stay tuned for some extra content. But any good way, uh, while listening to this, trying to find my first call, like the Jake Weimer interview is the one that got me. Dude, I was cracking up, and I was just like, we got to cover the show. It was so good. Uh, But again, uh, Nick, no video. And you could hear like Kiefer in the background laughing or during some some callers who were calling in, you could c- almost tell like they were sort of snickering in the background and I was like, god, I wish I could see the reactions. I wish I could see the other part, the other, you know, sense, the you know, the sense of what was going on that we now get to watch but we didn't have in 2016.
5: Yeah, that's it. And it's like even towards the end you could hear the phone ringing in the background, you could hear conversations right? going on in the background. But but going back to listening to that, it sort of uh, it sort of just shows how much Steve has stepped this up and the audio quality and the visual. Like how di- I was surprised with how different Steve sounded compared to how he sounds now.
2: Oh yeah, me too. And scanning through some of these shows, not so much this show, but another show I don't remember which one I listened to. Like Jason Thomas sounded like a completely different person to me. Um, so it was really interesting. And I mentioned, like, the different commercials, different segments. Like, we had uh, the Infab question of the day. We had some different sponsors. We had Brittany Chisholm doing the Guts Racing commercial. Uh, Trent, what would you think about some of the – going back and hearing some of the old commercials, some of the old uh, segments? Like, uh, we had the Racetech emails, which I prefer the Racetech rant by far. But what would you think of some of – just – it's just a little nostalgia.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I put down in my notes, like – you know, Britney Chisholm's doing the gut read, Like, yep. yeah, yeah. I, me- I remember hearing. That, I think it was a couple of shows ago, like just recently, that somebody brought that up again about not having Britney doing that ad anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, it just it brought back. And I just think it's it's cool to go back and see how it changes over the years and the different uh, segments that come in and come out. And and you think about maybe Steve should bring back a couple of these and, and throw them in again. And and the other one I had was the one where Steve. The uh, W wheels out as well. He did bring that one. That's, yeah.
5: that's pretty funny. Af- Afri- Africa W edition.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've told yeah. him that. Like every time that song comes on, like real life, that song comes on. All I hear is him going, you know, like uh, see, the, the, the part where he's he's singing the name of the sponsor, the teams that use it, or whatever. You know, JGR, <laughs> or whatever, whatever the line is. Like that's all I freaking hear is him doing it. I can't hear the original song anymore. He's <laughs> that that song is now Steve Mathis' song to me. For the from now on, it's always going to be the WUSA song. It's great. Uh, all right, first thing that we're really going to talk about is uh, writers post career and getting into the workforce. We're like they still talk about it sometimes, right? We've had Jay Bart when he's been injured working at the bike shop, or, or we have writers that like Jason Thomas who works for Fly Racing now. What comes? Of a rider after they're done with their pro career. We recently had Zach Osborne on and, you know, he's been working with RJ Hampshire and the rest of the team as almost a rider coach. And it kind of seemed like, well, maybe that's something that he would like to do in the future. Well, in this show, Travis, uh, Travis Preston's in studio. He's relatively new working at Yamaha and he just isn't used to the normal work day. That discussion, uh, turns into, you know, working eight hours and it becomes sort of a, what I would call a runner, like a, a running joke throughout the show. And, and it brought us a little bit of audio. We're going to check out.
4: You're working at Yamaha now, like full-time job Monday to Friday. That was
3: very tough getting used to. I've i bet. spent my whole life, uh, you know, racing motorcycles and not having a yeah. real job per se. So to actually be at a place at eight 30 every day and sit inside of a building with <laughs> people that you don't know and you hang out. It's amazing. You ha- did you know this? You have to spend eight hours, at this place every day day after day it's freaking sick and people do this for
4: like all their life extended period of time extended period of time thank you it's hard ladies and gentlemen factory your rider life i'm having trouble with the eight hours a day five (laughs) days a week i have to go somewhere (laughs) and be there
3: your place is not there i don't that bench that you always talk about Yeah, it's there right when you walk in the door. It's not there. Yeah, right when you walk in the door.
4: Like, I think Chad said they store trash there or something now. That's one thing I had trouble with talking about working. Do you get to go uh, Michelin and eat lunch whenever you want? Like, as long as you take an hour or whatever, is that what you do? Correct, yeah. Yeah, we don't don't have a set time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was at Yamaha, it was like, hey, you eat at noon, (laughs) and that is lunch to one. Maybe I don't want to eat at noon. Can I go at one? And come back at two and finish my, like, I hated that. Like I'm hungry now or I'm not hungry. Why do I got to go at noon? Did did anybody ever say anything to you? Absolutely. Really? Yes.
3: I mean, uh, to me, I feel like, can I I go? No. (laughs) (laughs) Who would say no? Perry. Yeah. Yeah.
4: (laughs) If I'm doing, if I'm watching Red Dog's bike, Perry's over there going, you know, wrap it up. You know what I mean? Like I went to go get a Starbucks one time. And got back and on the break can't go before the break. Waited till break, going to Starbucks. (laughs) Came back the 15 minutes I think right. So I got my Starbucks and I'm sitting there reading Cycle News and like keep in mind like you know I've worked 60 hours that week or whatever. Like I'm just working as a normal mechanic getting the work done. And like at 10:15, Perry walks through, grabs the Cycle News, throws in the garbage. I'm serious, I'm being dead serious, and I'm just like, okay, well I'll be here till eight tonight, but I guess I can't take. 30 seconds here and read a cycle news or two minutes to read about Tim Ferry. And okay. I, I feel like maybe it, it's been a while
3: since you've been there. So <laughs> yeah, maybe these stories are imagined. No, they are not
4: imagined inflated. They are somewhat. not inflated. So I am telling you. I know yeah. something that's-
2: uh Trent. So this made me laugh. And I listened, I, I kind of told the story ahead of time that I was listening for my, I listened to this before I told you I wanted to do a wrap up show of it. And then I re-listened to it, but this was a story Especially the stuff at the end with Steve talking about trying to go to lunch. That made, well, I was laughing out loud while listening to this, and I actually reached out to Jimmy Perry to try to get his response, and I did not get a response from Jimmy, which I don't know if I have the right number now that he's not at Yamaha. But anyway, uh, <laughs> these stories remind me of my days of working in a in a like a regular company where you were scheduled. You know, like oh, ten o'clock break, three o'clock break, lunch is this time to this time. But hearing the way the way Steve told it was it was pretty damn funny and also listening to Travis just who was not used to being set at eight hours and sitting at a desk. Uh anyway, the stories made me laugh. I thought it was really entertaining and I, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, I'm the
1: same. Like it's funny just you know, firstly like Travis Preston just going, I've gotta to go to work for eight hours. <laughs> like what what is this stuff? Like just how he explained it with that the sound in his voice like it's it's so foreign. Yeah. Uh, but then steve going on that that rant uh, all i thought about at the time was like if only he knew what was coming in the future the big blue crew guy he is now he would not be <laughs> saying those things but it was uh i mean steve probably would anyway he has he has zero filter most of the time right so, right um uh, but yeah i just thought it was hilarious and just and the way Steve gets his story, like I mean, you put a little bit of sugar on it to make it sound better, but it but it always seems like Steve just put that little extra on just to make it that bit better for the show. <laughs>
2: yeah. Nick, do you think the stories were inflated or you think that's the way Steve remembers them?
5: I think they probably (laughs) are the way they were. There's just like another thing about this show is there's so many things that Steve say that I want to call up next week and go, did this happen? Did this happen? So like, uh, how about the going through tech and AMA without foot pegs and seeing (laughs) if they picked
2: up? Dude, I was in tears. Yeah. Yeah. I really was hoping Jimmy would text me back and like, come on and be like, No, Steve was never there, or or Steve, you know, Steve only got half of his work done, and I had to stay on top of him. Or you know, I was just hoping Jimmy would bust his balls, but then, like I said, he never (laughs) responded. So that's a disappointment to not get that. But uh, yeah, this this whole show again. If you guys haven't gone back, Swizzcore played it Monday night. So hopefully, most of you guys listened. If not, you got to go back because next up we got a little bit of it could be a drinking game. Uh, this 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 may uh, blow out Ryan Dungey a little bit, and the Ryan Dungey interview is a typical Ryan Dungey interview. Nick, um, not one of my favorites interviews of all time, but uh, first of all, in 2016, Ryan Dungey goes on to win the 450 Supercross Championship. He he came on this particular night to talk about San Diego, amongst other topics. Um, but something that stood out was Kiefer asking him about riding at Baker's Factory, right, with Jason Anderson. This was sort of a new thing at the time, Nick, and I'm going to get to the drinking game in a minute, but it was sort of new for him. Ryan had always rode by himself, so let's listen to what he has to say, and you guys respond.
3: i uh, at the Baker's Factory with J.A. Um, how is that? How is it dealing with the stresses every day riding with someone that's on your level and, you know, racing the stopwatch, and who's the man every day, day in and day out?
0: I think in the beginning it it, it took me a little bit it's a different situation. You know, my whole career, I've gone, I don't want to ride with anybody. I want to do my own thing. I want to show up, and nobody knows where I'm at. That's kind of how my mentality <laughs> yeah. was, you know, and I practice It was good. We got the intensity. You know, I mean, some days Jason had a little edge on me. Some days I would have a little bit more, and, and, mm-hmm. and it just kind of was like that. But thing, the worst thing I could do is say, hey, you know, <laughs> You know, now my mentality is, look, I I think riding with other people, you know, at your caliber is good. You know, it it makes you practice like you race, and you bring out that race intensity, and you can bring that to the race. So that, that, that preparation is good, but, you know, yeah, am I making him better? Probably, <laughs> probably.
4: Better. Yeah, yep.
0: yeah. So, so we're both making each other better, you know. And I mean, I think the biggest thing is when we step on the track, it's look there's respect. We're both going to go for a win, and I mean, there ain't going to be any. You know, I think we got enough respect between us that we're not going to get dirty. I wouldn't have had such a great preparation in the off season if it mm-hmm. weren't for riding with other riders at um you know that right. the same at the same level of intensity as as I have.
2: So, Nick, it's really cool to go back, like, because we're we're used to it now, right? All these guys almost ride with other riders at that caliber, but it was pretty new. Like, the Baker's Factory format was somewhat new to hear about these top-level guys that were competing against each other week in and week out at that time just starting to ride with each other. And even Ryan was like, yeah, I, I used to uh, like to ride by myself, but now I see the benefit in it. I, I thought that was really cool to go back because we kind of forget some things have evolved.
5: That, that's exactly right, and that's one of the things I like going back and listening to these. Whether it's for the racing, whether it's for the stories, but but right there, we can. It was only a, a matter of a handful of years, but you can see how much we've progressed in our sport at the moment to the stage where you know training facilities is everything. All these guys, our facility guys, is more popping up more and more by the year. But to be able to see someone's sort of mind thoughts behind it and what motivates them to go and do it versus at the racetrack, I thought that was
1: really really cool.
2: Yeah, me too, me too. Trent, what would you think, man? Yeah, same
1: thing, you know. The, the And the Baker's factory was relatively new in that year as well, like the whole facility in itself. So, you know, it was funny to hear him sort of talk about that. And, and then Anderson too, like he's only fresh up on a 450 as well. So it was interesting to hear the stories and, and Ryan be like, you know, I'm making him better. <laughs> Maybe he's making me a little better, but I'm making him better, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Competitive all the way to the
2: end. Yeah, this was also the time frame where Dungey had been on the Wheaties box, and there'd been talk about why he wore blue jeans on the box. And Kiefer asked him about it, and I, I, I kind of disagreed with what Dungey said, but it was. Typical dungy type of response. He's like, well, it kind of relates to people, maybe people that don't know about motocross, supercross, whatever. It relates to that average person more that, or they'll relate more because I'm in blue jeans. I thought that was a ridiculous answer, Trent. Like it, no, like you, uh, you somebody that doesn't follow NASCAR or doesn't follow football. If you put shoulder pads in a football uniform on, you know, American football on the guy on the Wheaties box. Or the you know, LeBron James I think's on Wheaties right now, he's in his jersey because that's what you wear when you play the game. I thought it was a silly answer, but it was just a PC answer from from Ryan.
1: Yeah, uh, and too like you you think like Wheaties corporate as well may have had something to do with it and they're probably understanding of our sport as well is probably limited as well. So yeah. there's multiple different factors I think I you know, but it's as Dungy, he's always he's always been PC. Always checks what he has to say, and he doesn't want to say the wrong thing. So yeah, exactly, uh, it's pretty standard.
2: So the drinking game, guys. Uh, I've texted you about it. You already know. If you just listen to that piece of audio I played a minute ago, you could hear that Ryan Dungy has a little bit of a crutch when he talks. He says, "You know a lot." So the first time yep. I listened through to this thing. It got to the point where I was struggling to even focus on the interview because I was like, oh, my God, there it is again. Oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh, oh. So the drinking game is go back and listen to the entire 25-plus-minute interview with Ryan dungie and I don't want you to take a shot every time he says you know. I want to see if you can even feel the fucking glass every, is fast enough every time he says it because there are sentences where he says it, like, five times. He said it. 160 times in about 25 minutes.
1: That's a drinking game. That's a, death, that's a death sentence.
2: Yes. So, yeah, it was <laughs> it was rough. Rough. Yeah. But anyway, um, man, I think you guys know if you listen to the show that Seal Savers is offer, offers the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original Fork Seal Protection. Starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Tonight, I'm brought to you by Seal Savers. I appreciate them coming on as a sponsor of the show. Yeah, man, you guys got to protect your fork seals. Obviously, Race Tech that's that's a uh, sponsor of the Pulp Mix show. So if you have suspension work that needs to be done, send it to Race Tech. But use some Seal Savers, man. Protect your fork seals. That way you don't have to replace those things every time you ride, you get dirt and grime up in there. They do the job. Use pulp code 25 at sealsavers.com. Okay, let's see here. Uh, a lot of thought, a lot of laughs and ball busting, right, guys? Always when Kiefer's in, their buddies. The show's always got ball busting on it. And uh there's a lot of ball busting in this episode. That week of uh February or yeah, or February, right? Is that what I said it was? February or January. January 18th, 2016. During the X brand tear offs, uh, thanks to Moser again, we had this.
6: All right, TP. What do you think Kiefer is better at testing than you? Oh, that's well, a great that's, that's question.
3: A, damn it! Only fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. You already four. <coughs> better at testing than me, Gear.
4: Shit. <laughs> yes. So basically nothing. <laughs> that's awesome. No, he could uh, test the jersey like no other. What a,
2: Nick, nice little laugh. That made me kind of crack up. Just Kiefer's laugh made me crack up. Uh, First of all, expert tear-offs only 15 seconds back then. That never worked for Jason Thomas. But I don't know. I just thought it was funny because that was pretty quick from TP to throw out gear, which sort of was a cut down, but also something that Kiefer loves to do.
5: I think it just worked perfectly in the moment and it's just, it's just, you know, it's quick. It's on the moment. It's yeah. It worked. I liked
2: it. Yeah. All right, Trent. Now we're going to talk about probably one of the funnier moments of the entire show, which was some ball busting on that. The, uh, the Kiefer and Travis and apparently Pookie and Heather had a group text and we're in on, it was a story. That's kind of a classic pulp story that I had forgotten about But let's listen to it, and then we're going to laugh at Steve. Always good food. Uh,
3: Good
4: hospitality. Right. Good company. We have a group text,
2: the Mathises and the Keepers. And
4: uh, there's a lot of excitement for your arrival here in the studio. Yeah. I told Pookie you would not like Travis Preston. He's too tall, too fast, and too rich for you. And then she said, don't forget, too funny also. Mm And I see Pookie
3: for the woman that she is. And I acknowledge I, I acknowledge
4: her uh, yeah. her efforts. Do you feel like she's too good for me, maybe? I feel like you could treat her better. I just she just got back from Hawaii. This
3: is a real good time. Okay, so this is okay, stand by. You ready? Yeah. It's gonna blow your mind. Okay. It blew my mind. I took my first vacation. So I ended up taking the vacation at the first Anaheim. Okay, alright. So I ended up going to Hawaii. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at his face! So, <laughs> and, <laughs>
3: so, and, I, I'm just talking. That, like, and this might have been a reason why I came on the show. I mean, yeah. I wanted to come on anyway. Right, but I wanted to come on. It's anyways. better to do it face to face. Well, I mean, it was a crazy <laughs> circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knew? So, yeah, who knew? I was by the beach. Uh huh. And I heard Alan Brown's wife. Yeah, 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 Jim Brown. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't know. I, I just seen the back of them mm-hmm. at some food truck. Okay, and she was talking about her husband going riding. Yeah, and I heard the word high Des. So I, I immediately, oh, you know, your husband rides, and sure as shit, Pookie turns around. Really? So. Oh. <laughs> Your so, face <laughs> so i told her you know i wanted to tell you right mm-hmm. uh, I, I i actually met your mom too mm. yeah debbie <laughs> she um, smokes so we uh we, we actually watched the supercross together really i did not i, I didn't know any of it. <laughs> it just
4: keeps getting better
3: and uh and oh, it was well, just I'm, just I'm... a crazy circumstance
4: so. Oh, that's great. I'm glad I'm glad you had a fun time there. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was nice, yeah. nice weather, and I thought uh, it was really show, nice of you yeah. to do that. Show's over. We're going to wrap up right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: we got a lot to talk about.
4: Mm-hmm. And that story with TP and Hawaii and
1: me and your wife. Yeah. That was, <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> that, that it's, that it's a real me, so, Slapper. You know what's the best part of that? Is when I've been in studio for uh, Pulpit Mex show, um, you're, like, always sitting there, pookie the the coffee Co- i need coffee like you're bossing her around huh uh-huh. and then tp tells the story and he's like whatever and you're like oh oh you you met my lovely wife like you changed tone. oh so dude quick. you should have seen his face his face <laughs> was flushed
4: oh, oh you met my angel <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my baby oh uh, you met her like uh, I love yeah it. no um you know she she I was a mechanic, you know, when when she she always loved writers, you know, but I was just a mechanic. So, you know, it's great that she gets to meet all these heroes of her in studio. Yeah. yeah. Or in Hawaii. Or in (laughs) Hawaii.
2: Trent, what a classic, funny story, bro. And and later in the show, well, first of all, that was Weimer, obviously, that came in at the end of that story that kind of gave his his view on hearing the story. And later in the show, there's a moment where Travis leaves the table during the middle of the show, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to Pookie. And Steve is a little little like, whoa, wait, wait, I, I got to, you know, but that was so classic, so good. And in the heat of the moment of 2016, like, I remember listening to it and just being like, oh, shit, is this real? That was so good.
1: <laughs> it rattled Steve. He was, when, it, when he said it the first time, he's was like, oh, oh, really? Oh, and just... <laughs> You could tell that his brain was clicking, like, what is going on right now? And it just kept going and going. And then Weimer just chiming in there as well, just throwing his two cents on top of it all. I was like, this is the best part of the show. And (laughs) this is, I guess, what we come to expect from from Pulp now is these these funny, you know, running jokes throughout the show and, you know, things that happen throughout a week that they, we don't get to see they bring it to the show and yeah yep. it's so much it's so much fun just listening back to it i i didn't i didn't remember this episode but then listening back i just was losing my mind over what was going on
2: yeah this was a great episode to uh, to revisit nick what'd you think man
5: dude it just makes me so thankful for having youtube and being able to see these days, when when we have moments like that, I uh, I would have loved to have seen what Steve's face was, but you could hear it in his voice. He was semi choking up and trying to shrug it off. And yeah. Kiefer is literally nearly in tears. Which I don't know about you guys, when I hear Kiefer laughing, I laugh.
2: Oh, of course, it's impossible not to. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> because listening to it and you know us discussing it, we're like, oh, his reaction, like he he was dis discombobulated. Steve was, but then you know later. Kiefer, I think, asked him, you know, or somebody asked him, did you believe the story? And he said, no. And I actually truly believe that because I truly believe Pookie and Steve share everything. If that had happened, Pookie would have told him right away. And and I based that off of the fact when I tried to help Pookie cheat at the tits versus tits or whatever, what game it was at the time, she told Steve immediately. Like, and he's, she's like, yeah, I don't keep anything from him. So I I find it hard to believe that Steve actually believed the story, but it, either way he played along with it well enough that for the listeners it was hilarious. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. So a big part of Poldfmex guys to me is listener involvement, right? That's how I got involved. That's why hell that's why I'm doing this now is because of my involvement. We have tweets that they read the tweets from the listeners they read emails sometimes uh voicemails live calls here's how not to make a call
4: uh chris uh, what's up welcome to the show you got a question for uh, travis Preston and chris Kiefer? hello hello yeah you're on the show what's up bud yeah it was a, uh, uh, it
7: was a, uh, a question for uh
2: callers be prepared that was unprepared, Nick. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that was a little rough. Uh, they they give us some of the best content, though. There's there's a part to the show which I hope you're going to bring up. I'm not going to mention it. I'm just going to keep on keeping on and hope you bring it up. Well, tell but me what it are, is because if
2: I don't, yeah, if I don't have it in my notes, then we'll talk about it now. What what is it?
5: The story of tenderizing the rear tire.
2: Oh yeah, I do have that in my notes towards the end, but we can talk about it now. Um. Yes, that was that was fucking very funny. Uh, that got brought up during tweets, maybe. I don't remember what segment that was, but Steve talks about using a dyno wheel, which I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> yeah, being behind the truck, grinding this wheel down, uh, <laughs> and Randy, it was a Michelin tire at the time, and Randy is like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't see that, but it was Kelly Smith's dad at High Point.
5: Go ahead, Nick. It was e- like even funny is like I'm listening to this guy's dad who's when I've come back and got a bike, he's like taking a grinding wheel to the swing arms <laughs> to oh, remove yeah, some yeah, of the weight, yeah. and he's like any, anyway, I was like one of those guys where I was just like I want to make my rider happy, so I did it. He's like I tenderized this motherfucker. It went out there for the sight lap, and it come back, and it was like torn to shreds.
2: <laughs> so many good stories on this episode, Trent. So many like I oh man, I listened to it twice in a week. So and I was. Perfectly entertained both times.
1: Yeah, I mean the other caller uh that I you know, I wrote down was the guy that wanted to do the, the the fat guy ride camp school thing, whatever that was. And they put him on hold and then come back to him and he was all like flustered. seems like, I'm not ready for you yet, just hung up on him again, like <laughs> put him back on hold and I'm like, This is like
2: what is going on right now? Like it was just Things going sideways with nearly yeah. about three coolers in a row, I reckon. Yeah, it was great. And it's funny, because at that time, Steve wasn't writing, and he was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not, that's not going to happen, basically. Uh, but, yeah, that was in my notes for this segment about listener involvement. The other one was the tweet about
6: Paluzzi. Okay, D. Russell wants to know. He says he's been asking this question for the fa- past few shows with no answer. Well, what maybe happened? it's not good enough. He said, what happened to Paluzzi?" Nick he, Paluzzi. I think he's a cop. Oh, yeah? I mean, really?
4: Like, what's the guy's name? What do you think happened to Paluzzi? Like, what you sending this in, you know, week after week after week. Like, oh, my God, I got to know. He didn't cut it. He's a he, nice kid. He tried to race, realized he wasn't going to make it, and got a job. D. Russell, I mean, I don't know how many times you can send this in, and us. He's on the moon. He's on a special Mars uh, NASA trip. Uh, Pelosi got in there. Well, I think I mean, he's trying know. to see,
6: like, if he like, got I, addicted I, to drugs or something. Well, I mean,
4: how do we know? His, his tone. I didn't like his tone. Okay. I, I've been sending this in. Right. I didn't like his tone there.
2: Oh, Trent, Steve was uh, on fire. That was great. Like, I didn't like his tone. I don't know. Maybe he's on the moon. Uh <laughs> I mean, he's gonna deal with he's gonna deal with that stuff
1: though. Sometimes, like just people asking him stuff, and he's like, "What do you think?" Like,
2: yeah. it's just common sense, guys. Come on. But it's all like in whatever mood he's in, Nick. Right? Because that night he was frustrated with his tweet, but like a couple weeks ago, there was a live call that he should have freaking hung up on and just blown the guy out, and he just sat there and listened to it. So you never really know what you're gonna get when you get involved with pulp, there, Nick.
5: There's one thing I'm not going to do, and it's spell my name, (laughs) (laughs) G-E-O-F-F.
2: I don't like how Jeff spells his name. (laughs) That's so good. That was good, yeah. I wonder if Jeff uses uh, Guts Racing, Uh, because if he doesn't, he should. Guts Racing is a proud sponsor of Pulp and the Pulp Mix Rappers Show. And established in 1990 as a premier off-highway and seat. Uh, <laughs> I'm blowing this up. Seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Visit gutsracing.com for all the info. I've got Ruts, guts racing on my 06 that's slowly coming back together so I can start riding again. And maybe if I get a new bike, if I get lucky enough to get a new bike, I will definitely hit up Andy Greg for another seat. Uh, all right. Listener, listener involvement. That was good stuff. My highlight, though, guys, on this show was Jake Weimer. I think I told you that. That's when While listening to Jake Weimer, the first time through is when I decided I had to hit you guys up. Because I had already given you an assignment for a show we were going to wrap up. And then I was listening to this show. And when I heard the Jake Weimer interview, I had to text you guys and go, "Look, I hope you haven't started yet because I want to do this show instead. Because Jake Weimer had me in tears. I just love Jake Weimer as a guest. He was a recently signed "quote unquote" Pulpomex athlete.
4: It's been good, a nice start for uh, Jumping Jake Weimer, and he's Pulpomex athlete now. Mm. So he's on the team. He's on Pulpomex athlete. He's on a we have a contract. Uh, money has been exchanged, and he's our number one rider. Do you think it's any coincidence that he tore it up this weekend, his first weekend on the Pulpamex team? No, Pulpamex has nothing to do with his success. I can guarantee right. that. Do you feel like your great ride in San Diego was maybe a little bit due to the uh, Pulp and Mex sticker, and we come into an agreement on uh, your Pulp and dot com's number one athlete? <laughs> I'm trying so hard right now <laughs> to just keep my cool. You, um,
1: that's a fine. I feel like I'm very appreciative of the Pulp and Mex sponsor. I I, I enjoy coming on the show. Yep, thank you. I love being in studio. Um. For reasons that I still question, I I, <laughs> I enjoy conversating with yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> having said that, I, I'm i not sure there was a correlation there. You know, those assholes
4: at Bell, they got, <laughs> they, they, uh, they have a great helmet easy, out. Easy, dude. Easy. Come on. Let's not suck it. I mean, hey. Well, they're, they're taking my sticker spot away is where I'm getting to. What is he getting? What is he getting, get, is he getting as I, running the sticker? I paid him cash money. What? Let's talk about it. Let's, I, uh, let's be open. Let's be open about it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, uh, I don't think Jake wants them. it open. So that's, that's <laughs> fine. You know, I'm fine to have it
1: open. That actually made the deal better. Cause I was like, bro, don't, don't come at me with this deal. And then along with your little check, comes a a w9 and then there's you know like
4: the deal was supposed to be for the first race of the year when all the photos are taken of these guys however i forgot the stickers and the cash
1: so so so. that's great the deal was the first eight rounds so unfortunately for him he didn't get any recognition Mm. for the
4: first no 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 my lawyers my lawyers have stated that first round does not count did you don't have? Don't make me get on. Don't make me get on Twitter and find a lawyer to go over this. <laughs> Did you? Uh, you didn't sign the contract either that I made. No, I'm not signing that. That's ridiculous. I didn't even come see you this weekend in San Diego. The pits are all jacked right, up, which but... is
1: pretty unbelievable. For uh, my number one you know, athlete, you're your only sponsored athlete, <laughs> and I never saw you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you have a point. You have an excellent point. All right, before I get to your guys' reaction, I sent a text to Jake. And, and I said, "Hey, man, doing a classic wrap-up show." I, I kind of re- reminded him what had happened, and I said, "What do you remember about that day? De- uh, about the deal? Did you give him an extra race?" And by the end, were Pulp fans bringing it up on race day, and any backlash from Steve calling the bill guys assholes? His response was, "Ha ha 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 ha." I, I do remember a one. Uh, I honestly don't recall if I gave him an extra race. I assume I probably did, but I don't remember. Yes, Pulp fans would find me and talk about the sticker deal a lot. It honestly shocked me. I don't recall any real backlash about the Bell thing. I think it was like a head shake and a comment, Steve's an idiot. That's Jake Weimer. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Uh, Nick. Fucking, just again, classic, hilarious, Steve... I don't think Jake would want to talk about the money, which we know Steve loves talking about deals. Jake's like, yeah, I'll talk about it. It's, it's nothing basically. Uh, you forgot the money. You forgot the stickers. Uh, you didn't come see me like so much. And we got the classic drop that we hear all the time now. Quiet down.
5: That it is. Uh, That was the one thing I actually picked up from the uh, from listening to that interview as well. Was where we got that drop from. I I knew who it was. I just didn't know where we originally got it back or got it from. So let me uh, let me ask you, Darkside. How much would how much would that cash deal be worth for eight rounds? Helmet sticker deal. What would it cost, Steve?
2: Man, I would think like today, five hundred a race minimum. But I got the feeling it was like even less than that, just based off Jake's laughter. Just like, yeah, the deal I gave you, you're not getting anything extra.
5: Yeah, so I'm gonna say 300. I'm
2: I'm just gonna guess 300.
5: I was gonna say 250.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I know Chiz was doing some stuff this year for sticker deals, and, and he was trying to get about 500. That's what he was looking for. So I'm gonna guess in that range. What do you think, Trent?
1: Yeah, I'd imagine it'd be some, something like that. But I also found it very ironic how Steve always wants to talk about other people's money. And then when it comes to his, he just closes up like a book. And I'm just like, uh, this is, and then, yeah, Jake got, I don't care. Say it. Steve just changes the <laughs> subject straight away. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd imagine it'd be around that 250, 300 back, you know, I mean, it's only five years ago, but there's still a lot changed change in five years.
2: Absolutely. But Jake is just, Jake's so funny, man. Like, you know, he he kinda of, Steve kinda of mentioned at the end of the interview that some people don't like Jake. You know, we've all we know him now as Jake and Coke. When he comes in, he gets a little toasted and he's sort of slow to answer, but his his um dialect or whatever, his tone, Nick, when he's answering Steve, it's just it's funny because he's like, I'm trying to keep my cool here. Basically when Steve asked him if if he thinks that the Pulp Mech's correlation to his good ride is is something of value and he's like no basically.
5: I love it how, you know, let's fast forward five years, some of the uh some of the in studio some of the in studio conversations they've had with Jake and, you know, getting out of control with what Jack and Jack and Coke Jake yeah. or it's just funny. Like listening to it back then, it's no real different than it is now. Jake's always sort of had that, that edge on him or, or or doesn't really care or does respect Steve, but uh, doesn't mind sort of having the joke with him.
2: Absolutely. Well, Jake also talked about this. It's hard when, you know,
1: you've won, you know, two fifty races or whatever, there's a difference. But at the end of the day, you know you, you've won you've won a championship you've done great things and you have all these expectations and you want to you know do this and that and and do well in the 450s and things don't quite work out mm-hmm. it's a struggle and it's always kind of hard to you know figure that out and um i, I don't know i get. i guess i would say mentally kind of pull yourself together and right
2: yeah, I like this part because this was a little bit more serious side of the interview, Trent. Which we we've been talking about mental health on Polemx for a while now. Like week after week, it seems like there's something about that, and this is something that we don't necessarily think about, right? The the average fans like on Friday night Supercross are going to the dealership and they're they're going to see their favorite riders and they're going to be like get their autographs, but they don't think about well, maybe they've been at press day all day and they've been traveling all day, and now it's. Maybe the only time really where they could chill out before Saturday's race and they got to go two hours away, hour and a half away from where they're staying to a dealership to do autographs. It's in the middle of dinner time. Like, this isn't something like to us. It's all fun, right? As fans, we go to these things and we're excited to these guys. It's they're they're into a 12, 14 hour day job. And they've been doing that every day of the week, whether it be training all day and then, and, and, you know, eating right and going to it, – it's, it's, it's not fun and games for them. It can be a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is probably the the one thing, I, you know, I like about Jake being on the show is he has all that fun and the jokes and that, but then he can get serious and, you know, talk about things that riders won't talk about. You know, he opened up about the dealer signings and about the pressure it takes to be a former champion and lose the factory ride i mean he's on team tether this year so Mm -hmm. you know he's back in a privateer setting so he opened up about every single bit of it and didn't hold any of it back and i think that's one of those things you've got to respect about jake weimer is he's willing to go there to talk about the stuff and and be real about it and um it's definitely definitely cool to hear it from his side of things and even back then and You know, the world we live in now has changed a lot with the COVID stuff. So it's kind of, you probably think now a lot of these writers probably wouldn't mind to go back to some of that stuff because it's been gone for so long.
2: Absolutely. All right, another big thing going on at this time frame, as I mentioned in the intro, was the producer wars. Travis Marks, Dune Goon, who eventually obviously became the producer, was going week to week against Talon Taylor, who is now also on the show as he answers the calls. I, I, I guess his title is phone screener. I'm not 100% sure what his title is. But at this time, Talon and uh, Travis were going back and forth. Steve was trying to find a new producer. So we got the producer wars of 2016. Uh, during the infab guest uh, question, during the infab question of the day, on this episode, Talon was in studio. This was a Talon episode. Talon played the wrong intro for the wrong segment. I want to listen to that. We're going to make fun of Talon a little bit. Uh, but we're going to talk about what we remember about that after.
4: So we've been having these producer tryouts the last few weeks. And Travis and Talon have been coming in. We, uh, we had them each sit in with Tits, our old producer, uh, and learn the ropes. And then I said, well, you know what? I really can't decide. Mm-hmm. Let's bring them in one each again. by their, On them without Tits. Mm-hmm. You know, no Tits. And so we still couldn't decide. So we brought them back again. Uh, so tonight, it's, uh, it's Talon's turn. Talon, welcome back to the show, Lone Wolf.
6: Yeah, I'm back again. Steve still can't make up. We can't decide now. Travis last week he brought banana bread. Nothing. Yeah, I thought about bringing something in, but then you know a few of my friends said it would just seem like I was blowing you way too hard if I did. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no. Before you get a job, there's
4: nothing wrong with oral sex. There's nothing wrong with it.
6: Keep trying, bro. Keep shooting for the stars. Maybe you'll be the lucky one. Game I think after- you're just waiting to not pay us. You're just using our money for <laughs> your bar tab at the races. Come or
4: September, I'll be like, you know, guys, I'm still not sure. Tra- I would rather be in every other week than not at all. I I, uh, I forgot to tell you this, but um, uh, Travis, we were having some connection issues with our our commercials between the, your your laptop and the and the mixing board here, and a cable showed up yesterday, a brand new cable that Travis ordered and oh, sent to me, man, for the new computer. <laughs> sign up. <laughs>
3: i feel like this travis guy maybe he's trying to mask something yeah, yeah. some deficiency he has <laughs> by this banana bread and buying you
4: shit you hit the wrong drop 14 times but it was still fun
2: so i mentioned that him hit him hitting the wrong drop i have that audio and i actually played it during the pre-recorded interview with travis and talon so stay tuned you'll hear that uh but Trent, this was this was good stuff. Like I this is kind of when I started listening live was this time frame. So I do remember like them going back and forth, and I had listened to shows with the previous producer before that. Uh I think that was Gibbs at the time. I can't remember for sure if that's when Gibbs was in. But uh as we know, obviously Travis really was the right man for the job. And I think Talent actually touches on that, which you guys will hear later. But what do you remember from this time frame? Do you remember them going back and forth? Do you remember all the the them learning the the lessons and kind of figuring things out, figuring out where the drops were? What do you remember?
1: I mean, I had to go back and then re-listen to some other the starts of the shows around that to you know to really go back because you kind of I mean there's been what two hundred plus shows since that yeah, time. Exactly, so it's been a long time. So you go back, but it. I just find it funny that in hindsight now you can look back and they're both there anyway. Um, as Talon said, I'd prefer to be in here every other week if, if not at all, you know, and, but I think, as you said, that Mark's was probably the best bet because, you know, Mark then brings in the YouTube live and being able to watch it and cameras and all this stuff. But I just find it funny how, I mean, at the time, he was brown-nosing a little bit trying to get himself <laughs> off a of hand there with the with the banana bread and the cable, and I guess he won at the end.
2: He was just being diligent, man. I mean, he, yeah, we have a problem. I'll figure out how we're going to fix it, which we've seen, Nick. I mean, Marks is very, very good at figuring out issues, making them better. The show has come a long way, and we talk about that later, so they both acknowledge that, but what are your thoughts?
5: Absolutely. I agree with Trent. It's like, <laughs> I I just sort of I, I knew the backstory just because I've I heard of a few shows of, of them changing. I didn't realize this was a show where it sort of was really announced of what it was. But I agree, you know, Marx is probably the best guy for the job. I, I love talent. he does a great job for what he does as well. But it's more so exactly what Trent said. It's like the back end stuff. It's YouTube there could be massive problems with the show that we don't know about because Mark's is fixing it on the fly. And we, we both, we both know what podcasts are and make it go live. It can be a shit show. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Hey, I spent at least an hour on the phone with Mark's Sunday night with him helping me with OBS, which is what we use to stream to YouTube on our show on the pony pod as Steve calls it. And yeah, he, and it's funny You guys probably, you'll have to listen back to the wrap-up show, Trent and Nick, to hear the the Talon-Travis interview. But neither one of them really had any experience doing what they're doing now with the show. So everything that Travis has brought to Pulpamex, including the cameras, was learned since 2016 and becoming a part of the show. So it really shows how dedicated his guys are. Uh, You know, Steve tweeted today, like, Talon and uh, Travis really hated each other. There was a lot of arguments or whatever back in the day, which it, it doesn't really—I don't think—is factual. Um, but it was just really interesting to hear those two guys talk about that time and and how it's evolved and what they've learned. So it's pretty cool. Um, going back to Randy Richardson, though, in studio, we talked about the first time. This was also the era when the Starcross Five was pretty new. Uh, Kiefer had been testing it. We were promoting that they were promoting the crap out of it out of that tire we we had the caller that had bought a container with the MP10s and was asking uh Randy some tire questions and Randy ended up sending him some Star Cross 5s I believe but I, I just thought it's really, again we're just used to the Star Cross 5 and Michelin motorcycle tire being a part of Pulp Mix but this was an early time in the Star Cross 5's history Nick and now it's just like part of the show I run them all the time I run Michelin bicycle tires on my mountain bike and my road bike that I've been riding at my new house like crazy because Michelin bicycle tires is a sponsor of the Pulp Mix wrap-up show. And you can visit bike.michelin.com for, further, for more information. But anyway, the Starcross Fives, man, they, to me, they're just part of pulp history now, but this is when it all started.
5: Absolutely, and, and going back from what you said earlier about the things we take out of these older shows, going back and listening to the older shows and you know listening to the commercials, there are a lot of sponsors back in back in, well, in two thousand and fifteen that are still around now, which I think is yep. really really cool that there is long time support for the Pop mech show, but exactly right it 's like listening to it now it sounds like listening to this episode it sounded weird because we 're so. Uh, conscious of it being something in Mex now. Hmm,
2: good point. Good point. Trent, what about Randy and and Chris? But Randy talking about Chris's ability to test. Right. This is still we were still getting to know Chris in this time frame too. Right. He's still a dirt rider. Uh, he has I guess Kiefer Inc., but it's not what it is now. Where it's full time. He's he's doing off road tests and gear tests and boot tests and all the stuff for dirt rider. But he's also doing the Michelin Starcross Five uh, development on the side, I guess. And we hear Randy's opinion of how Chris is a great tester. What he, you know, what he got from Chris, and the fact that Chris was not just blowing, you know, oh yeah, it's great. Like he he was willing to say, no, I don't like this about a product or whatever. I just thought it was really cool because again, just learning about the Starcross Fives. Really, just still getting to know Chris Kiefer and what he does. Um, pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know Chris Kiefer now is like the the main test guy, you know, part of Racer X now as well. But back then, as I said, he was part of Derrida. He was new to, to doing it all. And to hear Steve like, you know, grilling Randy, like how good is he? But, you know, where now it's always Steve telling everyone how good Chris is at what he does. So it's it was kind of cool to go back and listen to that. and And even the way that they broke it down and the way that Chris broke – the, how he tested it, mm-hmm. he still does it the same now. Like it's not like he's, you know, he was just making it up back then, and and he, the way he explained it would be exactly the way he explains it today. Like he was, you know, he was on point back then as he is right
2: now. Definitely. Uh, and Trent, and you sent me some notes, and you mentioned um somebody. I think I think you mentioned in your notes somebody that didn't know Randy's name. That was a caller, right? That you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I had the caller oh, I that go calls in and
1: goes. Yeah, yeah, the tire guy that's in studio, and I just lost it. Oh, the tire yeah, yeah, guy. yeah, okay.
2: I was thinking of another caller that when you said that, but if you remember, there was a caller BPM that called in, and Steve called him BPM, but I think it was actually RPM, uh, and yeah. he was talking about being in a dealership, and he, a tire guy came in and was promoting the Starcross Fives, I believe. Do you remember that yeah. call? Okay, that was yeah, actually yeah. that was actually Skippy. If you guys know uh, Skippy but Skippy back in 2016 uh, liked to drink a lot and his calls over this time frame were a little different than they are now but that was Skippy I actually texted him I said hey dude was that you cuz he talked about being in Conroe I believe and uh it sounded like Skippy but it was he's like oh dude I was yeah I was drinking a lot back then so if you go back and check out some of those calls from RPM. That's Skippy. And uh, he was in a little different place at the time. But yeah, the StarCross 5 stuff was great. Um, All right, so something else we know that Steve loves to talk about all his accomplishments, right? Um, SummerCross, Michelin's first win he brought up up so many times. And uh, TP kind of called him out.
4: What did Kelly Smith and I use when I took him to the win at High Point for Michelin's first ever U.S. uh, win? You used to be Preston Starcross. Uh,
3: disgusting! You right never on. fail to bring <laughs> up your accomplishments. <laughs>
4: no one else does.
3: Who's going to watch yeah, out I for mean, me? Your, your timing is on point. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Thank you.
2: Uh, Steve, Nick, Nick, Steve, just looking for a little. Uh, he needs a pat on the back, man. I mean, four time needs a, needs his love. Absolutely, and I think
5: it's uh, it, it's funny because we know these jokes as they are now, and yeah. we hear we hear it so much and, and people that are, that are new with pulp can go back and, you know, and listen to us talk about this and go back 2015. He was still like that. Like I, um, I, I think we could probably go back and listen to every single pulp mech show. And I'm pretty sure we'd be able to get the word summer cross out of it somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be funny to do like, if we could go back and count how many times he said summer cross, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, so we've mentioned over and over, Travis Preston's in studio, every caller, every racer that called in on this particular show, Jake Weimer, Ryan Dungey, um, somebody else that I'm skip- blanking on right now, um, Jordan Smith. Yes. Jordan Smith. I didn't get a lot of notes on Jordan Smith, man. I just, it was an okay interview, but I didn't really take any notes on it. So yeah, I'm sorry that, that interview was like, it almost had no impact on me in this episode, but Steve asked every one of them if they had a Travis Preston, their, their memory of Travis Preston.
4: What's your memory of Travis Preston as a rider? I think he was yeah, he's still a privateer. We met him at
0: Millville because we went to the race, and he was the first, um, that was our first year we went to the pro national. I'd never been before, or, or i have been to the Supercross, but it was my first pro mm-hmm. national I'd been to And I was a kid. I, I was young. I mean, I think like eight or nine maybe, and he was still um, an amateur. And I remember he was the first rider we had met. And then I kinda kept following him and I, I kept seeing him and his name kept popping up well. I mean, and then it wasn't long and then he won a one twenty five Supercross title and then he you know it was on yeah you know went on to do good things. So it was kinda interesting, you know, he was the first professional rider I, I kinda ever met. So wow.
3: Was- Ryan posted this photo I think on his yeah. Instagram. And, you yep, know, instantly yep. I got, like, 900 followers. Right and, and and I think before he posted that, I had 1,200.
0: I'm pretty sure I have, like, a uh, Supercross, the bar-to-bar. Stuart jumped into him as he was entering the
4: track or something, and uh, he wasn't very happy about it. after that. So yes, I won. You know, uh, Jordan, it wasn't that he wasn't happy. As he's told us earlier on the show, he was just concerned with James and making sure he was okay.
2: Yeah, so, and I meant no disrespect guys to the to the jordan smith interview just when you listen to the rest of the show like that was just i don't know trent that just the jordan smith one just didn't have uh it just wasn't as good as the rest of the show like it was the kind of the low point of the show i hate to say it
1: yeah i mean jordan's also pretty young at yeah. this time too and early in his career so you know it's probably a bigger stage for him to be you know opening up and giving the content but as you said there's a lot going on in this show it's kind of yeah, at some point it's on easy just to chill down a bit and then ramp it back up, so.
2: Yeah, but it was but the stories were great. Um it, it was cool to hear what people remembered about Travis Preston. I think he really appreciated that. A- as we're starting to wrap this thing down a little bit, wrap up the wrap up show, wrap down the wrap up show. Yeah, we're wrapping down the wrap up show. Still had the motorsport tweet at tits segment, which again, Talon was in but for the longest time thing, the same the tweets tweet at tits segment. And we heard the story a story I'd never heard before Nick about Tyler Evans stabbing Frankie in the head with a toothpick and he had to go to the hospital cuz it broke off like that was I, I wanted more details like what the uh, why did he stab him like was he mad was it being funny like I I need to know more
5: It's funny because me and me and Trent were only talking about Tyler Evans at uh, the beginning of this week so when I heard that as well I was like what <laughs> how do we not know anything about this and before when i went the beginning of the show when i said hey there's so many things i would love to ask steve mm-hmm. that is number two on the list okay. and i think i think one of us needs to ring up monday night and we'll uh, we'll ask that question and see if we get a bit more backstory dark
2: side sounds good i like it that's a great idea you guys call in i, I have a i have something else i have to call in about so you're going to call in about that nick
5: all right i think i can do that
2: all right so speaking of motorsport those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and even UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. Uh, 2016, we had the infab question of the day. And it led into the fact, this is right after Weston Pike beat down Vince Freeze. And I, you know, I remember that very vividly, but I, you know, didn't really off the top of my head remember that it was 2016, but the question was about Feld promoting it. And I think we all know Trent, man, they're a business, right? They're going to promote whatever, but it was just kind of, it's just, that doesn't even matter. I just want to flash back to the fact that that was a pretty big event. Early, in early 2016, Weston was uh, still a little bit, you know, he was young still and uh, kind of at the start of his factory career. And that went down, and that was a big story at that time.
1: Yeah, it was huge. And to to get the show as well, Dark Side, that, that was, you know, the big talking point on of him, you know, obviously missing the race and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Just brings back all the memories of that time. And, yeah, as said, you know, Felden, in that, the space of entertaining, so they're going to use it. But as the guys discussed, you know, like Felder going to use it for entertainment, but then Western misses out on a race, you know, with AMA and FIM, you know, banning him. Like there's got to be some sort of line drawn between the two. And it was good discussion about that. I really enjoyed this uh, part of the uh, the show.
2: I did too. I did too. Um Another thing that has gone away, Nick, was the Infab uh, JGR check in. Obviously, JGR's gone. Infab's not a sponsor of the show anymore. But we had Jay bone on talking about the season not going so fantastic for JGR as seemed to be a uh, trend even years after that. But just another segment that I kind of missed the check-in. I, or I actually missed the cold call the most, I think. But the check-in with somebody at JGR, that was pretty cool because we got some in-depth stuff. Not always Jay bone but we'd have uh, suspension guys or motor guys, different people from JGR every week. That was a pretty cool segment.
5: Absolutely, and I I agree with you. I really really liked the cold call, and that was probably one of my favorites. It's funny going going back to these check in calls. Uh, when you know when you called Joe Gibbs, it was never really good, and now uh, now these days when uh, when Phil calls in, it's it's not really good. So it's uh, oh, yeah. it's funny how it always uh, always has a whirlwind down. It's never yeah. really positive. So I, I do enjoy it though. Yeah,
2: the gear alloy oh, alloy cold call was a good segment. Uh, I like Kiefer's little int- the intro they use where he's singing. Hello, it's Jagger oh. there, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jagger there. It's Jagger there. Uh, but it was funny that throughout th- this episode, I think it was this episode, like I said, I've listened a whole bunch from this time frame, but people didn't, they th- they thought Gear Alloy was the gear, alloy, the literally riding gear called Alloy. And he's like, no, it's wheels. It's wheels. <laughs> yeah. We also, as I mentioned April. earlier, had the race tech emails, and I... I'm okay with emails. It's the uh, the voicemails I don't love. But he it's much better now with race tech rant, in my opinion. Um, but during the emails, Steve wants something that I've asked you guys about multiple times, mainly as a joke, but he wants a kangaroo. Trent, get him a kangaroo, man. <laughs> There's heaps of them down here. Come and join us. Yeah, just, just grab one. I'm looking at one right now in the backyard. Oh, Jesus. That's awesome uh okay so a few more things <laughs> are, are why are you laughing are you joking or what's the what what am i missing nothing going, on dark no, I'm sorry. no 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 now you got to fill
5: us in nick you're laughing oh uh, dude, dude i literally just walked out my door and run like just flew past me and nearly took me out all
2: uh, right i think you're fucking lying <laughs> next, next, next you're gonna tell me you threw a boomerang <laughs> <laughs> boomerang will be back by the end of the show i threw it really far uh <laughs> steve also is ranting about something that we've kind of forgotten about the rc road to supercross nick uh, so many so many championships won by rc and arena cross
5: yeah it's uh kind of forgot about that dude i'm I miss arena cross so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it it made me go back and think. And you know, when they were mentioning Jacob Hayes and stuff like that, it was just, dude, it took me back to thinking about arena cross and dude, how much I actually missed it. So
2: yeah, definitely. It was a great series, man. I mean, we got some great championships out of that. Like Daniel Blair. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. DB. Love you. Uh, Okay. Pookie on air. She was on air in this show. Uh, she was on air in another episode from this time frame that I listened to. I forgot how often Pookie used to come down or come up at that time, up at the, to the studio and sit in and she just doesn't really do it anymore. And ham Trent, man, I miss Pookie. Pookie on air is great. It's, it's, it's the best part of the show.
1: Yeah. I put that in my notes and I put Pookie coming on at the end is awesome. Like just, you know, it just changes it up a little bit and it's, and, uh, you know, brings that little different flavor to the show where you can kind of, you know, the boys have been talking talking trash all night long and then she comes in and it seems like they all sort of straighten up and, and listen yeah. to Pookie. And and, uh, and it's just cool to have her apart. And uh, as you, you're a big fan of Pookie, I, I'm the same. I'd like to hear her on just a little bit more just to, just to break it up every now and then.
2: Well, I'm trying to get some more Hello Pookie segments going, but w- weirdly enough... I hear a lot. Right? I hear people say they love Pookie, but then nobody's sending me Pookie questions. So, I mean, if you guys want to hear Pookie on the air, we can do a lot of stuff with Hello P- with Pookie on this show. We can get her on every week if you guys just give me some content. I'm not going to do all the work. I need you listeners to send me some stuff. What do you want to hear from Pookie? What do you want to hear her talk about? She'll pretty much talk about anything. As long as it's somewhat respectful, she'll come on and she'll give you advice. She can give you love advice. She'll give you maybe she'll give you sex advice. I don't know. She'll pretty much all I have to do is ask her and she'll probably do it. You just have to send me the damn content. Darkside at com, And we'll get Hello Pookie back, but I'm not gonna do all the damn legwork myself. Um, so let's do that. Last thing that I want to do here before we finish the show is I started listening to this show to try to find my first call. I did finally find it on episode 243. If you guys want to hear it, I'll play it. Trent, Nick, it's up to you.
5: Let's go. Yeah, let's put let's it on it. Dark
2: side. All right, it's it's. This is before I started going by dark side. By the way, this is I use my real name. It's I don't think it's a great call. It's about two minutes, but here we go. Speaking of Reina cross, uh, Jamie's on the phone. Jamie, what's going on? You welcome to. The- Ooh, hang on. So a little background: the episode I called in. <laughs> um, Denny Stevenson and Ping were in, and they were talking about some arena cross. And, uh, Jeremy McGrath was on that episode, but anyway, Ping and Denny Stevenson were in studio. They'd been talking about arena cross, so I called in. Speaking of arena cross,
4: uh, Jamie's on the phone. Jamie, what's going on? You welcome to the Pulp Show. You have a question about arena cross? Yeah, I've actually
2: got two questions. One's a tech question, and then I do have... And a question about arena cross well my arena cross question is they i kind of consider them like the the minor league i guess mm-hmm. but, but they have
0: factory teams do the factory bikes for arena cross are they equivalent
4: to the factory bikes no 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 um, okay. big, big nasty was just in here he works for the babbitts Cowie team which is pretty much you know the pro circuit team of that of that series and he was kind of telling me what they do for their bikes and no, they are not pro It's probably bikes.
2: like what they would do for their amateur sure riders, yeah. right
4: yeah they're, I okay. mean they 're not stock don 't get me wrong, but they 're not getting torn down, they don't have the tightest tolerances and, and everything else that uh, I think they were a little closer
2: when there were two strokes, yeah, probably you know, when yeah when I rode for stainless Power Sports in one Mitch and those guys did my bike, and it was it was pretty badass, yeah, And and in two thousand I rode for Suzuki, uh
3: the prime impulse team, and my one twenty five Suzuki with the bills and all those guys did it was pretty badass right. um, but it was a lot, lot more affordable to make a two-stroke 125 yeah. comparable to a works bike at the time than yep. one of these four-strokes, um, you know, being similar to what Mitch and Geico, those guys are running.
4: Nasty was telling me about their maintenance schedule on a Babbitt's team, and it's not much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Crest doesn't put a lot of strain on these motors, so they don't do a whole lot to them, which tells me that they're not super high compression, you know, super gnarly valve springs, everything else. Yeah, I mean, so. what, you could ride one bike all night, two right. mains, so and we... Couple of practices of heat race. I think yeah. when you got still maybe thirty minutes on the bike. When you rode arena cross, where'd you guys put the cocaine? The bags of cocaine. We stuck it under the header pipe. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. fantastic. Keeps it warm. You don't <laughs> get such a, a headache uh, when you. <laughs> um, actually, Riley's listening. Maybe we should.
7: Probably should not. <laughs>
4: <laughs> What's up? What else, uh, Jamie? What's going on? Uh,
2: well, my tech question is: I just pulled apart my slip-on pro circuit exhaust and my OEM exhaust because they both were having issues. Do you have any tricks to getting that back together once you put the new packing in? Because I know it can be a pain.
4: Um, No. um, Wrap it up. Wrap the the packing up. Put a little uh, electrical tape around it to keep it in place. And put put the muffler in a, in a, a vise and some lube. And go to it, man. Go to town.
2: We're still talking oh, about riding, move.
6: right? Yeah. Bikes? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. check it. I got a boner. I, I, can't, I don't even know what you guys are
2: saying. We're in Vegas. So I don't know where we're going. It's Go it, to
4: work. It's it's not easy. It, sometimes they'll give you a pain in the butt for sure. But, yeah, just work right. at it.
2: So Well, I'm going to bring it to Dallas, and if I see you, I'll just let you put it together for me. Don't do that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling. See you.
2: All right. Oh, Nick, a young, young dark side, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so. Dark side, we nervous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. It seems like it, right? I mean, I, I fuck. I don't remember. What I do remember was fi- fighting with the fucking packing, trying to get in that exhaust, and being <laughs> like, "There has to be a trick that I don't know because it was so much." And I will tell you, I never did get it back together. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you take it to Dallas? Uh, I did not, but I did call Pro Circuit the next day. Um, and I was like, look, man, I'm having this problem, blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, did you call him the pulp last night? And I was like, (laughs) uh, I did actually. And he goes, dude, just send it to us. We'll take care of it. So they fixed it. Didn't charge me and sent it right back. That was the power of pulp. And I told Steve that when I saw him at Dallas, the next, that, whenever that was a couple weeks later, whenever it was. And which was the first time I had met Steve, and I actually have a picture of that. It was Steve and Weej sitting at Pro Circuit talking to Mitch Payton. But um, yeah, so that was my first ever call in, and then I think my first call in is Dark Side I found today it was on episode 248 when I called in as that. But anyway, that was my first time, man. I was that was pop my cherry right there, Trent
1: i'm so I'm so glad that you changed the dark side though instead of Jamie <laughs> Like it just sounded it, it isn't yeah i don't know it doesn't suit you dark right. side is who we know you as so yeah well that way.
2: that was it man i i I knew it was in this time frame, and funny enough i like I was telling Mark, man I'm trying to remember when it was like i fig felt like it was the end of fifteen the beginning of sixteen, but I first start when I first started listening I just started going back and listening to old episodes with Chiz. I listened to everything that Chiz was ever on. And then I was like, man, oh, they do a live show. So, but I couldn't remember when I transitioned into the live shows. And he remembered that like real early on my calling, I had broke my collarbone and that was like March of sixteen. So that's kind of how it narrowed it down. I don't know how the hell Marks remembered that, but um <laughs> that was pretty cool. So Anyway, we're about to close this thing out. As I said, stay tuned. I've got an interview with um, Travis and Talon talking about their 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 memories of the producer wars. I want to thank our sponsors motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and check out all the, the pulp uh, sponsors Fly Racing, R Jerky, Race Tech. Go to pulpamexshow.com, click on the sponsor deals tabs, use those codes support the sponsors, keep this stuff going. Uh, guys, anything else, Nick, that you want to talk about any topics that I didn't touch on that you, that stood out from this episode
5: no man i think we covered it really really well i'm uh yeah just a a, a, once again a big shout if people listening to this go back and listen to it it's really really cool and then you get to hear all the old races and as soon as i as soon as i finished listening to it i went back and watched that exact race and that's uh, that's one thing i love about pulp and and what steve does is how much of a connection he gives it to us so that's uh that's it for me dark side thank you
2: so much of course Trent. anything else
1: I have one thing, side To you, being a big Carl Chisholm fan that you are, I think you need to bring back the Guts Racing Brittany Chisholm ad for the wrap-up show because you would that's just right down your alley. I feel like so not a bad idea. Yeah, make we,
2: that we could we could probably make that happen. I like it. I'll reach out to Brittany about doing something. Um, other than that, again, contact me, Darkside at Show dot com, and uh, you know, give me some information. Give me some topics for Hello Pookie. You can uh, complain about the wrap-up show. You can support the wrap-up show. Just send your emails to contest at pulpmexshow.com to let Steve know that you listen to this thing so that he doesn't clippy-clippy the damn thing. Oh, and by the way, if you guys want to support and check out Nick and Trent every week, it's the Moto Limited Show. You can find that anywhere podcasts are. Man, they do uh, some live stuff. They do YouTube also. Check them out. Support the Australian guys. They're they're kick-ass. You know you love them, so... Other than that, we're out of here. Stay tuned for Travis and Talon. Uh, appreciate you guys. That's a wrap. All right. As promised, we've been wrapping up the classic episode of show 239, which was deep in the heart of the producer wars of 2016. And now I have those two promising guys looking for the future of Pulp and Bex as producers of the number one motocross, supercross podcast in the world One of those gentlemen became the producer, one of them did not, and then eventually kind of did. He's back. But both those guys are on the line with me right now. First up, the one and only Dune Goon, Travis Marks. What's up, Marks? Yo, you
7: forgot it's the best show on Monday night. It's not the best motocross show. It's the best motocross show on Monday
2: night. Man, I mean, I would love... To say, like, art that the, the the pony pod, as Steve likes to call it, is getting there. There's some, but no, man, it's the best. <laughs> Pulpamex is the best. He is the, uh, you know, as as Talon said at the beginning of 239, it seemed like I, I didn't want to seem like I was blowing you too much, but Steve is the best. It just is what it is. And speaking gargle, of. Gargle, gargle, gargle. Yeah, yeah.
6: Speaking of Talon, Taylor. Talon, what's up, dude? Lone Wolf. Hey, what's up? I didn't, uh, I don't remember gargling on Steve, but apparently. Apparently it well, happened. well, it was
2: actually in the beginning of two thirty nine. So we're, we're going to talk about all this. This is like I said. This is when you guys were both trying out. Uh, he had brought you back a couple times, Talon, and this was right after. Apparently, that Marks had brought banana bread and bought a cable that was needed right. for some sound quality, and you were like, "Oh, I thought about bringing Eight. Starbucks, and, but I didn't." My friend said, "You know, don't blow them too hard," or something along those lines. That's kind of what I was. I, I do. You remember that? You remember that? Yeah. So yeah. I want to talk about what you guys both remember about that time period. And Talon, I'll start with you. Uh, how did the tryout come to be for you? Like, how did you hear about it? What do you remember about Steve contacting you or, or you know, just how the whole thing went, what he was expecting of you. Give us a little background on that.
6: Um, so I met him at the USGP at Glen Helen. I think it was the year Jesse Nelson won the 250 class. Okay just ran into him in the pits and was talking to him. And I, he said to use the contact form on pulp. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'll probably never hear from him, but I'll give it a try. And then I think it was like, I don't know, six months or so after that race, he, uh, he contacted me and said that he was looking for a new producer. And that's when we got set up with, uh, me and Travis.
2: And you and Travis knew each other previously, correct?
6: No, we oh. didn't. We, had a, we messaged a little bit like during the producer battle and, just kind of said like, yeah, you're, you're good. Like either way it's going to be better than it was. And I don't know, we were cool, but we didn't, uh, we didn't know each other before. Okay. We, had mutual okay. we
2: didn't. I, I had, for some reason, as I remember it from earlier shows before two thirty nine, I thought you guys had known each other previously. Uh, Marks, how the, about you? man? It, oh, go ahead. Talon. Go ahead. Talon. Travis knew each other. Oh, okay. That, okay. Okay. Uh, Travis, what do you remember about the, like the first interview or being contacted by Steve? How do you, how'd you figure out, find out about it?
7: Um, I had, I was going on a ride with, with Tit somewhere. Uh, we ride motorcycles out through this desert loop out behind some mountains out here. And, um, I don't remember how it came up, but I was, I think I jokingly said one time, like you should get me in on pole, you know, like I, I was a big fan of the show and, and he was, uh, it, it was probably like a, almost a year before even the tryouts. And he was like, uh, ah, well, maybe not that far in advance, but you know, he's like, yeah, there might be an opening soon. Um, so he's like, we'll keep in touch. And uh, you know, they decided to let the previous producer go. And he said, hey, you want to try out? Steve wants to have you try out just because you know me. Mm-hmm. So that was that was it. And uh, I guess the rest is history, as they say.
2: What was your background in audio, vi- video, You know, what you do at Pulp now? What was your background at that time? I mean, we know you're a coder. And like back then Steve called it, what did he call it? It was in this episode or another episode I was listening to. He kept calling, not slicing. You were doing, when you were trying to find, um, scraping, scraping, he used that a lot. Yeah. back in the, But you, we, you were involved with that kind of stuff, but what was your background in video and audio?
7: Honestly, honestly, nothing wow. really. Um, yeah, just, just the basic at home stuff, you know, setting up your TVs and using HDMI cables and (laughs) coax cords and and the basic stuff. But the only thing was, is like I felt like I didn't feel like I needed a lot of that. I just felt like uh, with a little bit of technical knowledge and and uh, ability to learn, I felt like I was okay. And I thought I could probably overconfidently thought I could bring. Stuff to the table that might be useful, yeah. Um, and even if even if there was stuff that I didn't know, I was confident that I would be able to figure stuff out. So yeah, I mean, like I said, a little, probably a little overconfident because there was definitely stuff I didn't know. And, and luckily, he handled a lot of the audio stuff already before I, before uh, the producers changed. So right, right, um, d- didn't need to do a whole a whole lot on that end. Well,
2: it's pretty interesting how far it's come. And Talon, how about you, man? Did you have any background any of that kind of stuff, or same thing? You just Technically, uh, you know, you, technically you understood the, you know, any, that kind of stuff, the, the basics, or did you know more about the details of streaming no. and all that? Luckily,
6: honestly, it worked out perfect that Travis got the producer job. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I know the basics and everything, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be the one setting up. I don't know. Yeah. Travis is definitely the more technically inclined and able to help Steve with all that. So if you
2: had gotten the job, you, do you think we would have the camera set up and that kind of stuff that we have now? Or do you think – I mean, so you, you basically just said you think it was the right move. But where do you think we'd be today with Pulp if he had picked you?
6: That's hard to even say. But, yeah, I probably wouldn't have the cameras unless we did end up hiring Travis on eventually. Right. You know, the same way, but, yeah, it probably would have stayed more along the lines that it was you know being more just a podcast.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, I've got a little bit of audio. Uh obviously this this particular wrap up is 239. It was a talent episode. So I don't have any uh any real examples of Travis messing up or anything, but I do kind of have an example of talent messing up. So we're we're going to go ahead and play that right now. This is uh from episode 239.
4: Let's go with this. Let's do uh nice. The N fab question of the day while we're doing this right now. Because I we got some. this broadcast to bring to this important voice. He's, He's on it. it. He it. He's uh,
1: on it. Oh, man. It's the tweets
7: at tits QNA segment we you're twat. Talent. We interrupt this There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Poor talent. Uh, Multitasking over there.
2: This is the lone wolf. <laughs> 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 All right. All right, town. Lots of ball busting <laughs> going on. Uh, even when you came back, I mean, you had to relearn the system. You know, things were different, like having to figure out where the drops are and figure out how to turn the drops off. Pretty, It can be pretty stressful in the heat of a live show, in the heat of the moment.
6: Yeah, and it's not even so much – I mean, it is remembering where the drops and everything is, but it's – you get the – half the time you get the cue from Steve and you're on the phone with someone or you're doing something else, so you're not – you're not always just sitting there ready, like waiting for him to cue you in. Like, yeah, half the time you're busy and then he throws you something and you're not even ready, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. People don't really get to see Well, they still don't even get to see that behind the scenes stuff. They see a little bit more of it now with the cameras, but like the the interaction between Steve and your, you guys with uh, the messaging system or the hand movements or the whatever, the eye look, the little eye, uh, the the eyeball looks or whatever like they don't get to see that all the time. It's pretty freaking intense, uh, marks. It's like you have to be on your game.
7: Yeah, you do. And uh, just to back up what Talent said, man, there's there's times when he throws you something and you're you're already doing three other things, and it's it's just like, come on, dude, right. really, you know. I remember there was one time when Pookie filled in with the, as a producer. I think someone tweeted me the audio. Um, but like he threw her something and she was like, she just got out on the mic and was like, really dude, like I'm, I'm doing something <laughs> else over here. Yeah. And, you know, and like, like we, that. we didn't do that. We're like, we would just scramble and try to make it happen. But like, yeah, he would be like, he'd say fifth, fifth caller. And so you're answering the first five calls. And, and then he would say right after fifth caller and we're going to go into X brands. And you're like, "What the freak, dude? I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't do all this stuff at one time.
2: Yeah.
6: You're still trying to get the guy's info,
2: right? Like when, yeah. the third, what about yeah. when the third caller calls in to win a works connection, start device. And then he gets told he didn't win.
7: Uh, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that. situation.
2: <laughs> uh, Talent. How about any moment that Steve, was there ever a moment where he was, you know, he'll, he'll play with you guys like, Oh, you know, clippy, clippy, you know, you're, you're going to get doc pay, but has there ever been a moment
6: where he was really upset with you? It's hard to say because even right now in our group chat, like Tits and Steve are on one right now, like just going at me and Travis on (laughs) random things. But like when they get in these moods, it's hard to even tell. You just assume it's sarcasm, but like you know, there's probably a little bit of truth in there. But there was one time I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, but I feel like I did hit a nerve a little bit, but I can't remember exactly what the topic was.
2: Okay. How about you, Mark? Anything in particular stand out?
7: Yeah, there's. Yeah, I can't think of anything specific. I know, like Talon said, so there's been a few probably um, that maybe. But the one thing I can remember, and it, may, it might not have been directly at me, but I was I was definitely involved. Was the the Randy Richardson when we were playing the video of uh, Helen? Yep, of Steve crashing off the start with the different songs to it. <laughs> um, he was he was pretty annoyed with I think both of us for that. Yeah, uh, even though it seemed like it was directed at Randy a little bit more at the time. Yeah. Um, I I've like,
2: noticed that, you know, he, he kind of like me with my show. Like I I'm a little bit of a control freak. So when somebody does something that you're not expecting that, he's <clears throat> not expecting, or I'm not expecting, you're like, Whoa, Whoa, wait, 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 uh, kind of like the live show at Vegas a couple years ago, right? When you, um, was it Davy Coombs? I think came up and did something, and he Steve didn't know about it. I think, <laughs> and he didn't see yeah. Stoke that night either.
7: No, yeah, Davy. Uh, I don't remember how we got in, in contact, but Davey emailed me and said, "Hey, I want to, I want to mess, I want to bust these guys' balls a little bit at this show." Yeah. Um, you know we we have all the we have all the audio of them talking about the, who they think is going to win the championship or it was the video. Even it was the yeah. Video, yeah, there was video of the yeah. preview shows who's going to win the championships. And so he's like, I want to go up and, and bust their balls on stage a little bit. Um, so, you know, when Davey Coons comes at you and says, Hey, I want to, want to do this. I'm, I'm going to jump on that opportunity. Of for course. Sure. And you could see, yeah, again, Steve was, a little out of out of place, and he doesn't like. He, yeah, he definitely doesn't like losing control. Uh, which is which is funny, you know. It's like that's the only thing that really gets him. He doesn't. He, he can pretty much go along with most things, but as soon as you take control of his of his show from him, he he kind of loses his mind a little bit. And it's it's yeah, oh, the, it's kind of funny, honestly.
2: The Glen Helen Vet Nationals show this la- I guess that was twenty twenty. Um, yeah, it had to be twenty twenty was the first time that I was like, really like, oh this is uncomfortable. Cause you could tell yeah. he was getting frustrated with Randy. And uh, yeah, that was part of the, we talked about that on the wrap up show. And then I, I, I think, you know, Travis talent, I don't know if I ever sent the video to you, but I, I put together a little video of my own. And like, I sent it to Travis, I'm pretty sure, and Kiefer, and like, everybody was like, yeah, don't, don't use that. Don't put, don't post that. <laughs> like, it was still too fresh. Randy is still dying for me. Or no, Galdi. Galdi asked me like recently, do you still have that? We have to use that. I'm like, eh, I have it. Right. But, uh, and I'm not even going to touch on what it is. It's funny as shit. I'll send it yeah. to you later, Talon. But, uh, yeah, I just, I- go ahead. Oh. oh, I was just saying.
6: I need to see that video. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'll send it to you. It's related to the start video, and something he had said previously. It's related to something he said at the last Vet Nationals, and then something he did at the at the Vet Nationals the year before, medals up year. So, um, yeah, I'll send it to you later. But uh, we'll What, we'll keep what did
7: he say? Ooh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give it said. away right now.
2: I don't want to give it away. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't want, well, I'll send you guys the. I'll resend you the videos, but. Talon when he kind of reshifted gears I guess it was last year or the year before and brought you back in were you surprised was there any heads up I mean uh was it something that you had to shift things around to make time for uh you know tell us about that
6: Yeah so he messaged me maybe like halfway through like summer of 2019 and was just basically saying yeah we're we have this idea we don't know if we're going to do it yet but if we do, like, are you interested? And I said, yeah, just cause I, I don't know. I love motocross and supercross. I just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, so I went like a few months wondering like, Hey, what are they one? Like, what are they thinking of doing? Which I had an idea that it was going to be a YouTube show because Rogan was doing it and other podcasts have been doing it. So I kind of had the idea of that's what it was going to be. And then, yeah, towards the end of the year, he told me that it was happening and what was going on and everything. That's yeah, really cool, but man. I still it for a little bit. Like he had been planning it or it had been in the works for a little while. Right.
2: But. It's, man, it's so impressive how far it's come. And I, I think it's awesome that both of you guys are involved. And, you know, obviously there was no hard feelings. And it really seems like it worked out for the best. Uh, real quick, I don't know how much you remember about 239, if anything. It's replaying as we speak on Pulpamex because we are recording this Monday night at 7 o'clock Central. So it's replaying right now. So hopefully people are listening. Um, but we had Jake Weimer was in on that night, which was the night that he threw the uh, quiet down drop where Steve had basically got done a sticker deal with him for eight races, but he forgot the money and the stickers at Anaheim one. And he was trying to get an extra race out of Weimer. That was just like a freaking hilarious interview, man. It was so good. I don't know if you remember that at all. But then also Dungy was on, and we have a little bit of a drinking game that we've talked about previously tonight on the wrap-up show. Um, but really a great episode. Kiefer and Travis Preston in studio, along with Randy Richardson for the, his very first appearance in Studio Town. Do you remember anything about that night at all?
6: I do. Like, hearing you talk about it, I definitely remember remember yeah. it. And the Travis Preston uh, in Hawaii with yes. Fuki, That that's definitely the most memorable yes. part of that. A pretty heavy, pretty heavy show with Preston Kiefer and Randy. Man, there was a lot of good
2: stuff. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Marks? Do you? I know you didn't. You weren't there, but do you remember the details at all?
7: Yeah, just just vaguely, nothing yeah. super specific. But when you were telling me about it, and you, yeah, you, again, you mentioned the Hawaii thing, <laughs> uh, Randy being on the first time, like that stuff starts ringing ringing bells. Uh, there was there was a span of some really good shows. I feel like in that in that little uh, that era.
2: Yeah, I've been actually going through. A bunch of shows early 2016 because I somebody asked me when my very first call in ever was. And I talked to you, Marks, and you were like, Well, I remember you got hurt, like I myself got hurt at a race in 2016 and called in. So I actually today found I think 240 or maybe 241. I called in and used side as my call in, but the very first time I ever called in, I used my real name. So, I haven't found that show yet. That's, but anyway, that's when I went back. I found this show. And with the Weimer interview, dude, I was cracking up just of them going back and forth. And Steve asked him, like, Hey, do you, you know, you've been doing really good since you've come back from injury. You know, how much of that do you equate to being a Pulp Mix athlete? And Weimer was like laughing. And so I'm trying to keep my cool right now. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. You just know Weimer. He's so funny. And it was a it was just, uh, my favorite interview of that particular show was the Weimer interview. It was fantastic. But, um, yeah, man, other than that, guys, I just really want to touch base with you about what you remember. Uh, Talon, anything else about the producer wars that stands out? Anything you want to maybe let us know or anything that
6: just was interesting? Um, I remember the first time I went, Tits was in there just to kind of show me how everything went. And there wasn't a whole lot of... uh like guidance really i mean he shows you the sound drop board and everything but in typical steve fashion it's kind of sink or swim and you just kind of thrown into it and do what you can well
2: yeah i mean it seems like you st- even though you didn't get the initial position you survived well enough that he you made a me- you know a mark and steve remembered you and brought you back and i think you're killing it uh, i mean hell just answering phone calls and and transferring everybody what you do that people don't see on top of like what travis does it's it's not easy it's and it's 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 busy it's fast it's hard hitting a lot of calls come in throughout the night uh you know and i think you guys are doing a great job so congratulations on still being a part of it
6: sweet thanks and it's fun you get to like answering the call it can be stressful but yeah you form like many relationships with these guys like nash and these guys who call in raining yellow yeah yeah well not raining yellow so much since i've been on really
2: okay yeah well he, he he hasn't called in as much lately yeah yeah. You always got that dark side guy that calls in a lot. Yeah. That guy, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, tell man. Anything stand out? Um,
7: yeah, it's funny, right? Like I just, I remember being nervous the first time, you know, and, and again, like said, I went in, Tits was there with me the, the first time and, and it feels, it feels, uh, kind of foreign. You, you, you feel out of place. You feel like, you know, don't touch anything. Don't, you know, you want to make a, you want to make a good impression. You don't want to, Overdo your excitement a little bit. Sure. Um, it, it's funny how that it, it, not that it changes over time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it obviously the the wow factor maybe wears off a little bit. But it's still fun. Like it's still cool. It it obviously was like super rad to be considered and and obviously uh, get taken on full time. Luckily. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just cool to be a part of. So like obviously, there's times where. It's like a little, a little hectic, a little stressful, and you're like, this, this is dumb. But uh, I think that goes with any that, <laughs> yeah, that goes with anything, right? Oh, so, of course, like, of course. There are worse, there are worse things that you could be a part of. Like to be a part of something with such an audience is, is always going to be really rad. So I'm, I'm pumped.
2: Absolutely. Well, you guys uh, have gotten. You can tell how much more comfortable you've gotten. If you, if the listeners go back and listen to any of those shows for that time frame. It's come a long way. Both of you guys do a great job, and I appreciate you coming on the uh, Pulp Mex wrap-up show for a little bit and talking about the producer wars. Yeah, thanks, All right, guys. Uh, take care, and Pulp Mex will be back next Monday night with a live show. Uh, do not know who's in studio yet, but will I'm sure we'll be back with a wrap-up show to cover it. But other than that, we are out of here. See ya.
0: Why would you want to ta- re-talk about the Pulp Show?
3: See yeah.